Jimmy. Welcome to Nerd Out at Spotify, where we bring you behind the curtain of the world's most popular audio streaming subscription service. Machine learning, open source, clouds, tabs versus spaces. We'll talk to Spotify engineers about interesting tech issues, big and small. I'm Dave Zalatuski, principal engineer at Spotify, and it's December once again, which means it's the nerdiest season of all, Advent of Code. As we shared in our fifth episode, Eric Wastel's yearly December-long challenge has become a beloved and highly competitive tradition here at Spotify. Our engineers use the daily puzzle to learn new coding languages, challenge themselves to get better, or to prove their coding chops by attempting to make it onto the top of the leaderboard. And for those coders who are motivated to try to grab a spot at the top of the board, getting to the puzzle the moment it's posted at midnight Eastern time is key. So this year, we thought we'd celebrate Advent of Code with a special episode taped in the Spotify Live app, where we catch our reigning Advent of Code champ, Jimmy Mordell, just before he starts solving the day six puzzle. But before we get to that, we talk to some other Spotify coders who observe Advent of Code to hear how they've fallen in love with it over the years. My name is Marcin Florian. I'm a director of engineering and I have been at Spotify for over seven years. What I really love about Advent of Code is the fact that all these puzzles really neatly and in a very smart way connect into this big story of anticipation of Christmas. That they're engaging and they have a theme and that theme really keeps you going. You really want to get those stars. I'm Dan, I'm a product manager on the consumer experience on Spotify. What Advent of Code really gives me is a lot of joy of solving problems in a quick way. So a sort of quick dopamine on problem solving. Super, super fun. When I read the descriptions and I'm finding this complex at first, but then I find just a way to express it in code, it suddenly falls into place at times. And it's just an extremely fun piece that just gives me a lot of excitement. I'm Eric, I'm a software engineer at Spotify. So some of the things I've learned is how to tackle a problem. Like my approach is often very different from other people's approach. So I love reading about it and learning how people tackle a problem differently. Also, I learn about different coding paradigms, whether you use a functional programming or a more imperative programming language. It's really two different ways of solving the same problem. And also like switching up programming language. So this year I'm actually doing it in Python and Scala and yeah, learning a lot on both these languages. My name is Patrick Balestra, and I am a staff engineer working mobile developer experience at Spotify. It's kind of funny, but my girlfriend is the person pushing me to try and solve the problems every year. She loves reading the stories behind the problems with me, but doesn't know how to code yet. We try to solve every problem together over breakfast, and I hope this will get her interested in coding even more. Even though I don't have the time to finish all the problems every year, I still enjoy writing code and training myself to spot all the possible things that can go wrong with my code. I find this has helped me become a better programmer and debugging problems faster in my day-to-day job. And what's really giving me the most pleasure is that I connect to friends around the different quizzes every day and I talk to them. This could be aspiring coders, this could be colleagues, and we sort of connect over the problems at times and we teach each other little bits of making things better. So what do I love about Advent of Code? The first thing is the community. It's really an event that gathers a lot of programmers from beginners to experience all trying to solve these challenges. So for example, like I teach a 
Python beginners class and I shared the concept this year with my students and they've been participating up to day five and so far they love solving these problems. They help each other, they share the solution and learn from each other, ask questions. So yeah, it's a great learning opportunity. It's a fun way to learn. By solving problems, you can learn about a new programming language or you can even brush up on your data structure and algorithm skills. And I also really love the feeling you get in the morning when the new challenge is out. You open your laptop with your cup of coffee and you start coding. It's definitely a nice feeling. Advent of code can be really frustrating, especially when you get stuck on that little bug that you can't quite trace, when everything seems like it should be working, when you're almost getting the answer and where you're absolutely convinced that you've coded it up the right way. And yet, you know, your number is not passing through. And there's always this doubt, you know, I think there was this one year, one exercise where there was actually the bug in Advent of Code. But honestly, that's pretty unlikely these days. So it's always about going back, maybe throwing away what you did and starting from scratch to avoid that nasty, annoying bug that keeps you away from getting the right score. My favorite memories are really around when we were finding workarounds for the different problems that we find in the in the more difficult riddles and uh, like how do I keep track of millions of pathways that I'm trying to go through in a multi-dimensional maze like the more difficult ones that sort of start to happen later in December where you really have to optimize also how fast your code actually solves the problem and it's been incredibly nice to sort of even describe this to your your people around you they, they think you're crazy but essentially they they are also having an open ear for for how to approach a certain problem. And sometimes they actually allow you to share your problem in a way that you actually listen to yourself and you sort of find solutions in there. I also like to see how creative some people can be, either by solving it in a creative way, maybe like with the least amount lines of codes, but also creating visualization from solving these problems. It's always impressive to see. Yeah, it's amazing for me to participate in Advent of Code. I'm really enjoying it very much. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special live episode of Nerd Out at Spotify. I'm Dave Zolotuski. And it is 11.47 p.m., practically midnight in Boston. And I am hiding out in my basement so I don't wake my kids recording this. But I'm doing the same thing that a bunch of other people at Spotify are. I'm staring at adventofcode.com and waiting for the next puzzle to load. Getting my IDE prepared. For a little more information on what Advent of Code is, go back and listen to episode 5, where a few of us talk all about the puzzles and how they affect us all at Spotify and how a whole bunch of people at Spotify get involved in them. Why we love it. There are close to 500 people in just our Advent of Code Slack channel, which means there are probably a bunch more doing it that aren't even in that channel. And it's super fun. It's stressful. It's a great way to challenge ourselves to compete. And I don't know, we just all love doing this thing. I want to share a little bit of fun here and try it on Spotify Live, see how we do. So we've got a few people from Spotify that are going to join me here so we can try to solve the puzzle together and hear about how they do it. And this year, I haven't been quite as competitive as I have in some past years. I'm sitting somewhere around 110th place on our Spotify leaderboard. So I want to make this a little bit more interesting and bring in some of the guys that are at the top of the leaderboard. I'm joined today by NGN, our Chief Architect and VP of Engineering. And when I look at Slack, it tells me that it is 5.49 a.m. for him. So uh, <laughs> good morning, Nicholas. How are you doing? Morning. I am quite tired. NGN and I had a one-on-one -on -one about 13 hours ago at work on uh, completely different topics. And since then, out here in Boston, I had a full day, like did a bunch of stuff with my kids. 
uh, had like a typical evening at home and hung out and like watched the basketball game while I waited for this to start. But I imagine during that time on, uh, on Nicholas's end, he had like a reasonable night and actually got some sleep. So we had a fun conversation how like he would talk to me tomorrow, but I was going to talk to him just later today. That's what, just one of the fun things we get from getting into this puzzle and doing Advent of Code across all these time zones. Let's see if we can get Jimmy out here. Jimmy is kind of an Advent of Code and generally programming legend in the Spotify circles. He's pretty much always at the very top of our leaderboard. He's a guy that finished 35th on the global leaderboard last year. Though in a funny twist, this year he had a bug on the first day that I want to ask him about. And right now, for maybe not too much longer, but at least literally right now, Nicholas still sits at the top. So Jimmy, are you there? Can we hear you? Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. I know this is a time where you'd rather be focusing on either still being asleep or jumping up and starting to get your coding ready. So thanks for, uh, thanks for talking to us for a few minutes. Once you get awake, it's, it's usually not that hard to get fully alert and the adrenaline kept, uh, kept pumping. So, so you, you, you come awake pretty fast. So, so you're good to go? Well, yes. I feel like the most important thing I need to ask you is whether you have your terminal window open and on the proper side of your monitor, but I forget now which where we decided it has to be last year. I believe it was bottom left? Yes, it's uh, my, my typical setup. Since I'm using my uh, home computer for this, it's just, I just left it where I uh, left it from, from yesterday, so I didn't have to set anything, <laughs> anything new up for today. <laughs> All right, good. So that so that we shouldn't be worried about you today. If you've got you've got everything set up in, in all the usual ways, and there's nothing new from last year. Uh, no, it's pretty. I mean, a bit rusty, as as you can maybe tell from day one. It's uh, I haven't done this type of coding for since last event of code. So <laughs> <laughs> it takes it takes a couple of days to get up up to speed. Yeah, well, given how you've been doing for these couple of days, I don't know if you're at, at least compared to all the rest of us, you're not terribly rusty. No, yesterday was pretty good, uh, but uh, the days before that was not so much. Yeah, t- tell me a little bit about what that looks like. What is what does not so much look like for you? I mean, you make mistakes, you make bugs, you don't find them, and you make the wrong decisions. Uh, I mean, these first couple of days when it just takes a couple of minutes to solve the tasks, it's like any type of mistakes, be it, even if it's a really minor one, can be really like relatively speaking, time consuming. Of course, it doesn't matter usually if you waste a couple of minutes to find a bug in, in real life, but yeah, it, it makes a huge difference. And it's, yeah, that's what happened on day one. I had this completely silly bug that I just overlooked and uh, I just ended up rewriting everything from scratch and then it worked. I was like, I, I don't still don't know why it didn't work the first solution. Well, I, now I do, but, but yeah. I got you. I was going to ask you if you figured out what the bug was. And I guess. No, yeah. I, I actually, no, I, the thing was, I wrote my solution and then I just had to hold down. Okay. So what was my original code? So I just held down the undo button for 30 seconds in <laughs> to get back the old code when I could solve it in, in peace. <laughs> I assume you're still coding this thing in Python? Yes, I'm still using Python since I actually what I'm using mostly in my day-to-day work at Spotify. So it's but I'm doing this type of coding in many different languages over the year. I think I started off doing this type of puzzles in C and then went to C sharp and then went to Java. So I don't think the programming language is super important. It's just what you're most comfortable with right now. Yeah, but I guess in your case, it's also what you have your whole kind of library of utilities. Yeah, exactly. So that's uh, I created a special one for Atlantic Code because the problems here are a bit special. So there are some patterns that are becoming more 
useful here than it was when I did this coding in other type of competitions. Then the library was more more focused on more advanced algorithms. Here it's more about parsing and things like that to some extent. It's more like you solve a problem one day and then you sit down and think, hmm, is it some part of this that would have been nice in a library function? And then I move it in there. And then it's just a matter to remember what all your library functions were in the end. I see. So let's see, it's like four minutes till uh, till the puzzle drops. The countdown on the website on my machine at least says 319 right now. How much time do you, like when do you need to let you go so you can actually oh. focus and get ready for this thing? Uh, 10 seconds before. I mean, I'm already set up, so it, <laughs> that's not a problem. Yeah, it, it takes you no time to switch from uh, I don't know. <laughs> talk to Dave to start coding this thing. No, that's that's not a problem. You're a, you're you're a true professional in that sense. That's that's awesome. <laughs> so then you mentioned that uh, one of the big things is this parsing thing. I think for me, I've rarely created utility functions that I keep kind of trying to mostly kind of code it all from scratch every day and see how how quickly I can get that done. So I'm curious, kind of how how long does yeah. it normally take you to parse all of the input? Because for me, especially in the early days, that's like I don't know, eighty five percent of the time. Yeah, I mean, it's, to be honest, I mean, it's not that it saves much. I mean, most days I barely use them anyway because I kind of forget about it. It's not a big deal uh, usually. There, there are some some useful stuff that was actually useful several days. Maybe the most most useful all is just something that parses all integers in a line. Like you take a line that can may contain text, but it may also contain some integers, and then just reg exp out everything that looks like an in- integer. <laughs> It's just because it's one of these things like a lot of the inputs in, in Adventure Code is like you get a sentence, like each line is a sentence with some numbers in random places. And you don't care about the text, you only care about the numbers. So then you just want to grab everything that looks like a number. Uh, so that was actually the case <laughs> yesterday. It was something you should use a day before. It's just convenient. They convert a, a string into a list of integers, essentially. That's the most, by far, most useful one. But again, it's 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 not that it's hard to write otherwise, but just convenient. Yeah, I guess like I, like I said, Jimmy's kind of the person at Spotify that's always solving these things the fastest. So now that we have, uh, I think it's like about a minute and a half left. The thing that I want to make sure we understand is what we're going to do is we'll let you go in I don't know half a minute or so, Jimmy, so that you can do this thing, and then you'll come right back once you've solved it, so that we can see how long it takes you to get through this. And while you're doing that, I will uh, read through the problem and the two of us will kind of talk through how the two of us would do it, how like mere mortals like us would solve the problem and then see how quickly in the middle of our conversation you come back with a solution. Sound good? Yep, sounds good. All right. Uh, Yeah, I guess, uh, I mean, the counter says 35. Mm -hmm. So I can let you go now. I don't know if you uh, have a few last things you want to say or you want to get out of here and start uh, kicking our butts. I, I'll, I'll, I'll drop out. Thanks. I'll, <laughs> All right. I'll come back in. Yeah, bye. All right. And then let's do this thing. Yeah. Come on. Uh, and now I'm just loading it. Problem with six. All right. Tuning trouble. All right. I will. This is... Uh, a relatively long one, so I will read it, but I'll try to skim through some of the kind of longer, potentially not as relevant to to getting through this thing parts. All right. Preparations are finally complete. You and the elves leave camp on foot and begin to make your way towards the fruit grove, the star fruit grove. 
as you move through, one of the elves gives you a device. So it has many fancy features, but the most important one to set up right now is the communication system. Because he's heard you have a significant experience with dealing with signal-based systems, he can miss the other elves would be okay to give you their one malfunctioning device. Surely you can fix it. Let's see, as if inspired by commuting timing, the device emits colorful sparks to be able to communicate with the elves, the device to log onto their signal. The signal is a series of seemingly random characters. To fix the communication system, you need to add a subroutine to the device that detects a start of packet marker in the data stream. In the protocol being used by the elves, the start of the packet is indicated by a sequence of four characters that are all different. All right. The device will send your subroutine a data stream buffer, which is your puzzle input. Your subroutine needs to identify the first position where the four most recently received characters were all different. Specifically, it needs to report the number of characters from the beginning of the buffer to the end of the first such four sequence marker. And then there's an example, and it talks to the example. After the first three characters, I'm QJ. There haven't been enough characters received to find the marker. The first time marker could be is the fourth. And it's MJQJ, J is repeated, so it's not the marker. The first time it appears is the seventh character. So then you turn seven, and then there are a few more examples. All right. So I guess I'm, let's see, I do this thing in Python in PyCharm. So I will grab PyCharm. I put the first input into my test input file. And then I will start just reading this line. So the input is as described in the puzzle, is just a string of, of uh, characters that looks kind of like gibberish. Um, and so I just want to parse that. All right, let's see. I don't know. NGN. Yes, I'm, I'm trying out the full Perfect. All right. Yeah. Um, I'll try to talk through what I'm doing. And I don't know if you're doing something far more brilliant, feel free to, to say something. But I am just trying to walk every character in the line and keep track of the past three that I've seen. And if I, let's see, I guess I'll keep track of the past. I want to keep track of, uh, of a moving window of the most recent three I've seen. And I just have to figure out how exactly I want to do that. Yeah, I'm doing something very similar. And then we'll see. I imagine, I guess we'll see what part two is, but... I, I would be surprised if Jimmy has not finished part one already. In fact, as a, Jimmy has now, I just refreshed the leaderboard. It looks like Jimmy has finished both parts. Jimmy has finished both parts, and we have barely discussed how to parse the input. Well, then we have a fairly simple problem, at least. That's... Yes. Do we want to make Jimmy listen to us try to push through this for a little bit longer? Or uh, do you think three minutes of us trying to parse a string is enough and we should get Jimmy in here? We can see when he comes back here, if we want to talk about something. <laughs> yeah, well, he's already requested to speak. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so I guess we can, we can bring him in and then maybe he'll talk for a minute so we can write some code. <laughs> Let's do that. Jimmy. All right, Jimmy. Hello. Hello. Are you, how are you doing? So far, I have started looking at the first character in part one and read the problem. And I imagine you skipped the reading the problem part and thus have solved it. <laughs> uh, pretty much. Uh, it didn't require so much reading to figure out what to do. Yep. So tell us a little bit about what you did so that, <laughs> so that I can write some code of my own. <laughs> I mean, first, it wasn't, you didn't really have to parse any inputs. It was, uh, or I wouldn't even call it parsing it. It's just one line. 
which actually was a thing I got wrong. I thought there were multiple lines until I looked at the scene. But it uh, was a very short and sweet one today. Uh, surprisingly short and sweet. And I see a lot of more Spotifyers now are now done as well. I'm done as well. So, yeah, the problem was to find a unique set of, uh, I guess, about one four characters in this long string of input that we got. And I just did it by ugly creating one character at a time over, over the string and picking out the four characters I needed. Then I did a comparison of the length of the set of that string, which would be different unique. Characters in it, length of the string. Part three was the same, but instead of four, it should be 14. Uh, that was a pretty easy one. I did have a bug though. Uh, you were supposed to give the character at which um, the sort of end of that non repeating string it was, and I Tried it first with the start of that string, so I had to wait for a minute and then submit again. Did you do something similar, Jimmy? My solution was just three lines or something like that. So, yeah, uh, almost four four lines, maybe. Uh, I just I, I looped over the length of a string and looked, took using Python string set operators the last four or 14 characters and put them in a set and check that the length of the set was the same as the range you're looking for. And then I just messed up. I didn't make it to the global leaderboard because I had to retype the line two, three times because I messed up the indices and things like that. And that's one of these smaller, I mean, it's not it's not even a mistake. It's just you didn't type exactly the right thing in the first go. And then you when it just took two minutes to solve it like this, then you have absolutely no chance for a global leaderboard. But uh, so yeah, this was this was arguably one of the the quickest days for me. I think it's the quickest day so far because um, uh, even looking at the global leaderboard, it's, it, this was one of the easiest <laughs> easiest ones so far. And that you mean just in how quickly everyone else solved it? Yeah, yeah. What was your finishing point? Uh, two and a half minutes, the first one, which is uh, not bad, I guess. But looking at the number of lines, and I, I, I definitely did not spend more than thirty seconds reading it, so there, there were room for improvements. <laughs> <laughs> And in particular, when it's the second part, it was like, yeah, this is the problem already said. This is the same thing, but it's just 14 instead of four. I mean, then it should be no more than five seconds, but I still somehow managed to mess up replacing my number four with <laughs> 14. <laughs> I don't know how, because it was really just replacing one number. So it still took 30 seconds instead of five. But, well, this person on the global leaderboard did it in one minute and eight seconds. Both. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, exactly. So that, that, that's that's actually surprising. I mean, that's very fast, but it's not like it's. I, I can see it happen. It's. I mean, I've seen videos of these the, the faster. I mean, it's definitely possible. Like in the best of days, I could have done something very maybe similar, but it's it requires that yes, everything is right to, to get that. But has this day finally put you ahead of uh, NGN? Yes, thanks to him being distracted here. So now I'm ahead of NGN. I'm not sure I would be otherwise. <laughs> Order is uh, restored. Exactly. And now we uh, don't really expect that to change. Uh, well, you never know. Maybe I oversleep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like how that's roughly the only scenario in which that's possible. How are you doing, Dave? Are you soon finished? Um, I mean, I'm more talking to you than writing it, but I'll, <laughs> okay. I, 
I have a much harder time coding this while talking than uh, yeah, maybe I, I should. Can. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about uh, the previous days. I think we haven't really talked about them, and I've been doing these uh, kind of midday Boston time. So I am, I haven't really been taking them very seriously as a competition. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm curious if any of the previous days were kind of at all interesting to you guys, trying to get them done quickly or not. Uh, no, no, I mean it's a bit too early. So these days, has both been testing that you. In particular, the set operation that I actually use today as well, that one has been prevalent in several other days <laughs> for some reason. Uh, yesterday was more, you played around with stacks, so learning to know how to add and remove stuff from different stacks. And I think yesterday was also to some extent, uh, I, I saw that in our internal chat was one of these things where the parsing was actually the, the, the hard part of the problem. So the input was sort of graphical. So we're giving a, an ASCII, well, almost an ASCII art uh, as input. So it's one of these things that requires some uh, experience knowing what's the best way of tackle when inputs looks like that, because you could do it in many different ways, and some are just easier than others. It's not, I wouldn't call it interesting, but uh, I, no, none of that has been particularly interesting from from like from an algorithmic point of view. It's, it's definitely not been interesting, but uh, that will come hopefully. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I guess that that usually does. But yeah, you're right. It's uh, it's early. As Jim said yesterday, you sort of got this ASCII art illustration of a, a set of hacking containers, and that the parsing of that seems to have been something that uh, people struggle with. Other than that, hasn't really really been anything hard. So. I think the the parsing was interesting in that. I mean, so some people even and uh, and I could definitely see that being the fastest way was just like manually parsing it, like you looked at the picture and then just transformed it in your head and just typed in because the input wasn't that big. So instead of trying to parse it with code, you could actually manually hand parse it and just enter in, into your, your code. I know some people did that and that's actually not, wasn't a super bad idea. Yeah, I think we've had a few times where people found kind of interesting solutions like that that simplified uh, solving it instead of coding it, whether it was... Um, doing it by hand or like typing it into a spreadsheet or some of these kind of yeah. crazy ideas. I mean, yeah, last year there was some problem that like one of the last days that, that was the most challenging. It took me maybe an hour to code or something like that. And then some people at Spotify had solved it by hand. <laughs> like they took it almost, almost an hour as well, but they were at least faster <laughs> because it was well one of these Sokoban puzzle where you move things around. Uh, it's uh, that was kind of hilarious. It's one of these things that it's kind of hard to know beforehand if it worth solving by hand or not. Those ones stick to your memory when, when hand solving in one hour beats coding in one hour. It's or when that was <laughs> very unusual at least. But I'm looking forward to to the second half of the year. Uh, my feeling is overall that I don't code has gone a bit easier year after year, uh, maybe to attract more people. I don't know. It's never really meant to be about super challenging algorithms. More bit, but uh, I mean, a lot of people use it to explore new programming languages, uh, which makes sense. But you stick with it just for the for the kind of Spotify fun. Doing. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. It's a good question. I sort of, uh, yeah, but it's it's a nice tradition, right? I mean, isn't Christmas all about traditions? <laughs> and it's uh, the, the the internal community is getting larger and larger each year, so that's fun. 
And there's yeah. a lot of people uh, golfing the solution, like trying to write the solution in the shortest number of characters. And that's like a contest after the contest. Like how few characters can you can you sort in? This one will be probably very interesting in that regard. <laughs> Can't be more than, I don't know, maybe 50 characters, 60 characters. I don't know, I'm guessing here. Let's see, I think uh, someone, Phil Roth, wants to join us. So I'm going to bring him up and see see what he has to say. Hey, Phil. Yeah, hey. No, this is just... Um first year uh, competing in Advent of Code. And I hadn't even been thinking about doing it for speed. And that was kind of interesting, like just think about how I would change my process in order to do that. You know, you guys going for speed, do you think that introduces any bad habits to your day job? Or do you have to like resist that? Or is it just like two different modes, modes of thinking? Uh, I think, uh, uh, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I, I don't think it introduces bad habits. I mean, if you know what you're doing, um, it's so different modes. I just think for, for me, I guess it depends what you work on maybe, but for me, being fast means that I'm able to explore more, explore and innovate faster, more solutions uh, than just uh, know when to switch to actual proper code is, is, is of course a good skill to have as well. I've heard that argument too before. Like, um, yeah, like, like people criticizing some people to say like, oh, you shouldn't work on typing too fast. Like that's not really a skill in programming. It's more about thinking about the problem and communicating it to people. But then like, I, you know, the person making that argument was like, well, if I type fast, if I can try these things, I, I can just iterate over more solutions quicker. And I hadn't really thought of that. So it's not only typing fast. I think it's also like being able to fluently translate your thoughts in your head into code. So, so it's not an obstacle. Like if you, if you get an idea you don't want to feel it a, a, a burden to get that into code. It should just flow from you into the code because that means that if you get an idea, you can immediately try it out very fast without even thinking without any cognitive load, so to speak. That's one one thing I can think of. Excellent. One thing I enjoy with Advent of Code is that I don't have to write the code in a way that I can maintain because I'm going to write it and then never look back at it typically. So I do a lot of shortcuts that I would typically never do in, in actual production code. It's a lot of simple character variable things and things like that. So I can barely go back and read any of my previous No, I mean, that's true. And, but the thing is, it's it actually can matter even within this small time span. It's one of the, I mean, it was two days ago, I had to very quickly decide on a variable name for some stuff. And I picked really poor names that actually made me make typos later, just one minute later, because the variable names were so poorly named. So I actually got to pay the penalty even within this context. So it does matter even here to some extent, sometimes. That's amazing. Actually, that reminds me of a different conversation. Um, all of us tend to upload our solutions to GitHub so everyone else can see them. I don't know if anybody looks at them, but so anybody else can see them. And we've talked in the past about what form we actually upload. So for me, as soon as I'm done, I just like get pushed exactly what I saw to see exactly what I got done in that minimal amount of time. Yeah, I haven't pushed any code yet this year. I've actually forgotten about it. I should do that, because, but it's mostly because the code hasn't been very interesting, so I haven't bothered. Uh, but I do typically clean up the code afterwards uh, because not, not, for, not for being ashamed of it, uh, the opposite rather, but more because I want to clean it up and see what what could I have done faster and if there are more some new utility function I should have made. Uh, but if it's if it's if it's a big difference from the original, I would maybe sometimes save the original in a separate file. But it kind of depends. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've heard that a bit. And I think NGN said something similar. I'm happy to let him correct me, but I've heard him say something similar that he cleans it up a little bit. Um, and we were just joking earlier today that even with some of the code that we've cleaned up, both of us have a really hard time understanding what it was that we did like a couple of years ago when we look back at even this cleaned up code. I looked at yesterday, uh, yesteryear's, last year's day six problem just before it started just to see how complex of a solution can I expect it to be in this day? Very rough. And then I look at the code, like, I wonder what this problem was. <laughs> it's like impossible to just look at the code because it has some random lines uh, to understand what it was last year. Yep, exactly. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I know it's uh, it's early in the day for you guys and uh, you need to start getting your day started probably, I would say, getting to work. I don't know how, much, how many of you actually get to work. And for me, it's slowly creeping towards 1230 in the morning. So at some point, I want to get a little bit of sleep before I can start getting up. But uh, thanks thanks for joining for this thing. And um, I'm glad that all is right in the world and you're back on top of the leaderboard, Jimmy. Uh, I will uh, talk to all of you soon. All right. See ya. See ya. So you know how these advent of code puzzles, if you're on the leaderboard, you really want to get them in on time, which always messes up your schedule when you happen to be traveling in December. So many of us have been trying to avoid that. But I remember vividly, especially when Dave actually got it sorted out so he could code on his iPhone. And I don't even remember how he magically managed to convince his iPhone to have a coding environment. So he could actually get those puzzles solved before getting on a plane with the crappy Wi-Fi. And, and that just is a small example of the amazing diversity of different ways of people solving the problems. I mean, this is just so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us for this very special episode of Nerd Out at Spotify. Merry Advent of Code to all, and to all, a good night. Or morning, wherever you are. Good luck beating Jimmy, by the way, because it is very difficult. Nerd Out at Spotify is produced by Spotify's Ted Vergakis and by Seaplane Armada, who wrote all of our festive jingles. I'm Dave Zalatuski. Thanks for nerding out with us. 